See, I was thinking, once all this is over and Will's back and you're not a secret anymore, my parents can get you an actual bed for the basement. Or you can take my room if you want, since I'm down there all the time anyways. My point is, they'll take care of you. They'll be like your new parents, and Nancy, she'll be like your new sister. Will you be like my brother? What? No. No. Hopper and Joyce are taken prisoner by Dr. Brenner at Hawkins' lab and interrogated and tortured. Before they are disposed of, Hopper cuts a deal, lets him and Joyce try to rescue Will. If they succeed, everyone walks away and pretends none of this happens in exchange for Elle's location. Nancy and Jonathan manage to trap and wound the Demogorgon with an assist from a newly remorseful Steve, while Hopper and Joyce visit the Upside Down, where Hopper confronts his unresolved feelings about the death of his daughter and Joyce finds and rescues Will. Dr. Brenner and his team of goons descend upon the school where the boys and Elle are hiding, while the bloodshed and violence attract a wounded Demogorgon, who makes quick work of Brenner and his security team. Elle manages to destroy the Demogorgon in a shocking display of her power and is apparently killed in the process. Life in Hawkins quickly seems to return to normal just in time for Christmas, except Will is throwing up slug-like creatures and Hopper makes lonely visits into the freezing woods, leaving food and egos behind for someone or something. Welcome to Dungeons and Demogorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just watched season one, episode eight, titled Chapter Eight, The Upside Down. Uh, This is the season finale, and... I gotta say, I thought it was a really, really good one, with maybe some minor exceptions. Yeah, I I agree. I thought it was, it had a lot bigger of a budget feel than I was expecting. Um, okay, it had like yeah. a really uh, awesome, amazing climax. Uh, I wasn't expecting the extended kind of denouement that we got too. The yeah, which I I actually appreciated the epilogue mm-hmm. where it it raised a few more questions and kind of also it did two things it returned us to a normalcy but also set up some things that uh, presumably will be addressed in season two yeah that's the interesting thing is i i don't think they knew if they were getting a season two when this thing was filmed and, right. and aired right so it, it's interesting to see them sort of kicking open those sequel doors in a way that like you know, every single like Halloween or a Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever Jason movie you're talking about does in the eighties. Like they always like have Freddy's hand come through a wall or something right. after you think he's dead. Well, the uh, thing they're, is- they're doing the same thing here, but it kind of surprised me because I don't know. I guess it works even if they don't get a season two, right? Right. I was about to say because I feel like some people like we've sequels are greenlit at such an alarming rate now that we've forgotten the idea of a remnant of the monster, the monster maybe not fully defeated, is to leave you with that creepy feeling. It's not necessarily to set up a sequel. That's true. Like, you know, like it gives you, like you you, you get the, the emotional release of the heroes vanquishing the villain, but also when you go home you might want to check underneath your bed because it might uh-huh. not be dead. So I, I felt like it, like you said, I think it works both ways and obviously we're getting a sequel. So that's all, that's all moot. We're yeah. going to get to the bottom of this goddamn <laughs> slug throwing up gate and Will's bathroom gate and ego gate. All these scandals rocking <laughs> Hawkins will be addressed. Presumably. Uh-huh. I mean, rocking Hawkins, that should be our rocking Hawkins. Uh, the name of our podcast. Oh, shit, man. It's not too late. We haven't released any of these. Rockin' Hawkins? Uh, I mean, it's interesting because I... 
so, so do you want to talk about the good stuff or do you want to talk about the the one problem I have? Because I'm not even sure if it's a problem. It's more like okay, yeah, yeah. Let's. I, I guess let's start there with the caveat that we both really like this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. So don't I just don't tune out this. when you go. Oh God, they're going to talk negative. Yeah, I want to address this real quick because like I remember when I mean obviously I watched this season, but I could not remember how. Joyce and Hopper get out of Hawkins' lab because it seems like it's, it's checkmate, game over. Like, yeah. they got the syringe out, they're going to kill him. Uh-huh. And I remember being excited when we did this episode, or this episode seven earlier. It's like, wow, how are they going to do it? This is going to be exciting. And Hopper says, look, you let us go and try to find Will. We'll give you Elle's location. Mm-hmm. And this Brenner agrees. And I think from Brenner's side, we're supposed to understand that he doesn't expect them. Like, trained soldiers have gone with in weapons. there yeah. with weapons and have been torn apart by this Demogorgon. Yep. Uh, this this fat local yokel and his crazy, mo- grief-stricken mother are going to get torn to shreds. I don't have to worry about all of this, and I, now I've got L. Yeah. The the part that bothers me is what was Hopper doing from his point of view? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, they find Will. Do you expect them to just leave? To 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 do you really expect them to leave live up to to their end of the bargain? And you've also given up L and all the children. That's the thing. It makes me. It, think It seems that... like it's a very selfish and stupid yes. move on. I, I, I get the Brenner part, but uh-huh. the Hopper part, like what? I guess you live to fight another day, and yeah, the Hopper part is. I'm just going to sell L down the river. I, yeah. I, I'm going to rat her out, get the location. They're going to recapture her, and we're never going to speak of this. And the kids will be okay, I trust. Or but, maybe I'm going to go to the press. and But I, just, I, I don't – as soon as they get what they want, I just feel like – I don't know. It just, it, 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 there's no way for me to square – I again, I guess it's desperation because they had the injection yeah. right there. Yeah. Like if he doesn't tell them something, then they're, he's going to die, and then it all ends, and it's like, you know, you got you to gotta fight until you can't no more. But Yeah, and I kind of like that they break Hopper instead of breaking Joyce. Yeah. Um, it, I think there's a tendency to say, okay, the, the mother here is going to be the weak link, right? Mm-hmm. She cares so much about Will that she's willing to do anything. But it's interesting how they they compare, I guess, Will's situation with his daughter's situation. Hopper's, yes. Hopper's dead daughter's situation with cancer. Yeah, I fuck, he uh, He identifies so much with the struggle that Joyce is give, going through right now. Yes. And knows that he can do something about it if he's willing to give up, I guess, L which he has far less concern for than Will. Yeah. And I, again, if he doesn't, then it's all over, and they'll yeah. probably, without... I mean, he's he's thinking, like, what are their percentages without me and Joyce? What are these kids going to do? Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's not bad, but it is a little hand-wavy and just ignore that rough patch so we can get on with the rest of the finale, which I'm fine with. A little with. bit, yeah. I just, you know... And, and the idea that... Uh, a government agency like this would feel the need to spare them, whereas they could just inject him, kill Joyce, and be done with it. Yeah, like, oh, you, you gave me what we want from L. Yeah. So, and that's like they do address that because the social worker, the evil social worker, as they're walking out of facility, kind of questions, like, what the fuck are you doing? Why don't yeah. we just liquidate him? And he's like, oh, they won't make it out. And like, yeah, I okay, guess. Okay, so now you're Goldfinger. Oh, I expect you to die, Mr. <laughs> Hopper. Well, you, he's not. He's going to wiggle yeah. out his laser thing and come fuck you. <laughs> well, I like how they they play that 
to where it makes sense. So, like, I think they would have died. If they had gone in there and circumstances had been different on the outside, they probably would have gotten killed by the Demogorgon. But the way things work out, the, the Demogorgon is being drawn away by several powerful yes, motivators. Yes. Yeah, Nancy is. and Jonathan draw them away long enough for them to get in there, start looking around, and then the Demogorgon's drawn to the chaos at the, the high school, the, the blood at the high school, which essentially frees up Joyce and Hopper to do whatever they want in there. Yeah, like, I, I, I think that's what makes it work because the self-sacrifice and the pluckiness of the older children yeah. set give them just enough breathing room, and then Dr. Brenner's... Uh, greed, lying, and and <laughs> violence uh, is does the rest. Yeah. Um, so I, like I said, it's 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 not great, but I think it works in context, and hopefully they can kind of clean some of this stuff up going into season uh, season two. Yeah. Uh, so what the other things I want to talk about is I really like the idea. I really like some of the visuals they did here. Like they started off with a with with um, the camera just taking in the inky black void of space, mm-hmm. and then the last before we skip to the the epilogue with the Christmas time is it pans up to the same scene. Yeah, is that just a really beautiful shot, like like a true detective style? Look at the 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 the, the lights winning, or is it supposed to suggest some kind of extraterrestrial? connection to the demigorgons hmm i don't know i've never thought of this as an extraterrestrial it's an extra universal sort yeah. of thing right right extra an extra dimensional thing but um, it wasn't clear like it was a definite creative choice i just yeah. wasn't sure if it was a if it's a symbolic one as well i'm not sure uh but it but it was I did enjoy the visual, certainly. Mm-hmm. And it did capture kind of like, you know, the majesty of the dark, of dark skies and kind of rural rural United States. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. Uh, so after, after this all goes off, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but sticking with Hopper for a minute, it's like, okay, at the end of this, he, I guess, he, he comes out of this, Dr. Brenner's dead. Um, pretty much everybody in that lab is dead, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's at the Christmas party and when he leaves or no, the hospital, when he leaves the hospital, um, where will has been taken, mm-hmm. a black car rolls up and a couple guys get out, they open the door for him and he gets in mm-hmm. and it's never really mentioned again. Next time we see him, he's at a Christmas party That's a been... month later. Uh, and, and apparently like everything's cool with him and the government. Like it, was that just a, we're going to take you in and see if you really have anything to say. Like, no. are, are you going to talk here? This is intimidation. Don't talk. What that's, is it? That's the Bureau of Paranormal Defense recruiting him for Hellboy. <laughs> you 3. think so? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Guys, come, come with us. Uh, it's going to take a long time to get you in that red makeup. <laughs> Better start now. We might be ready in a year's time from now. Yeah. I think that's what it is. But I wonder. That felt like a loose end to me. But I think they're trying to say something. I just don't know what no, it is. No, I think that the uh, my my idea is kind of like yours, that I think that he's going to be co-opted by this. Like, wait, look, you know too much, but you're also strangely capable, so we're going to bring you on the inside of what we're trying to do here. Hmm. Like, is that why he's leaving Egos for L? Could like, to be. To bring her back somehow? But it could be also that he's, like, do, he's, do, we don't know, because I, I my first thought was, like, well, once we see the, the thing pick him up, well, that's it. But then we saw him just, like, back at the police agency yeah. as if it's nothing. So I wonder if, um, like, 
he's trying like they're suggesting that he's working with them but the ego thing shows that he's kind of working against them hmm. because that implies that he knows something about the whereabouts of L yeah. and he's doing something on his own time it's like you know this isn't something that the research scientist and the lab and and who else is of the government like it seems like everyone died. Everyone we were familiar with. Now, I'm yeah. sure they have files on him. They can oh, yeah. follow this stuff up. But what do they actually know about him? And so much of the stuff that they know about him came out that night. Right. So there's yeah. a big question mark, but a lot of really cool potential ideas they could run with. Yep. Because uh, I, I, I had this idea of, like, it would be kind of cool if he's secretly working for Hawking's lab, but he's also got – he's still maintaining his relationships in town and, like, what kind of betrayal, like if, if there's a chance for some sort of betrayal between like him and Joyce? Because the uh-huh. other thing is I thought that they would hint that maybe him and Joyce were together. Didn't seem like it. Which that's fine. That's actually, yeah. you know, I, I I tend to enjoy when they resist doing the matchy match stuff. a little stuff. cliche, yeah. Right. Like it's one thing, like if, if you're going to have a, if you're going to introduce a relationship, then that should be a big plot component. They really resist it too because – I would have suspected Jonathan, Jonathan and Nancy would have got together after this whole life and death no, they situation, go, they, but they it's, don't. It's, Steve's still in the mix. Nancy and Steve. I was surprised by that, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, okay. Also, yeah. the, the way they played it with is like maybe Nancy herself is conflicted because uh-huh. you know Steve's back and he's dreamy. He's got the hair and he's remorseful. <laughs> and the but, BMW. But you know they've been. But but Jonathan, there. You know she gives him a she gives him a kiss, which isn't nothing. Yeah. No, that's true. Get the spray paint out. Fucking Nancy Wheeler, just spray paint. Like, you're kissing another boy? Wait, Kurt, that's... that's... Yeah, next season two, episode one. Right. Steve's spray painting. <laughs> he hasn't learned a goddamn thing. No. Uh, I, I really like that moment where they give him the camera back, though. Yeah. They, Although... Because you can tell Steve was involved, too. He feels bad about it. it the transformation I... that guy went through uh, over yeah. the course of this season, Wow. Yeah, and I, 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 at I, least I, my perception of him. I don't know that he was ever that bad a guy. It's just like he came off thing. as really douchey. That, that's where like I, because I remember it being like a hairpin turn that he made, and then you know you can kind of tell in my coverage of this season on the rewatch. I was like, what evidence evidence do I have that Steve is really a creep? <laughs> nothing. Like nothing. he's, it's he's all yes, just image. Like he's kind of a playboy, but there's nothing wrong with that, and he's uh-huh. not really being. But we don't like ever see him with any other girls. Right. He's always with Nancy. Like he breaks Jonathan's camera, yes, but Jonathan deserved it. Yeah, I no, think. right. In fact, that's the one thing. Like I still made a stink face when they gave him the camera back. It's like so we're just we're just cool with that, huh? <laughs> like there was it was never really dealt with to my satisfaction. And yeah, also, I guess the explanation wasn't. The very first time that their that their the his friends really got out of line with the spray painting, like he instantly kind of made a break. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. You know, I mean, Jonathan did beat the piss out of him, so that's probably <laughs> a little bit of a formative experience. Yeah. We're getting geared up for the sixth annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off badass season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre, We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. 
Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeney. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeney finally makes an appearance on Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, a very special isn't your speed. We've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. Um, speaking of the artistic flourishes, I really liked how they, when they first established Joyce and Hopper being in the upside down, that the camera literally is upside down yeah, and cool. slowly rotates to the correct perspective, like mm-hmm. selling us on the idea of how this dimension stuff works, which yeah, I it's thought such a simple thing, it but is. it's very effective. It, 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 it's super cool. And I, I really like the arc of Hopper having to deal like, like, Joyce is facing her own demon, which is the potential loss of her son, and she's too late, and no one took her seriously. But Hopper is, like, dealing with all these unresolved issues about how he felt as a a parent and and the helplessness, the powerlessness, yeah, of seeing your child waste away, and how they sold that, and they they showed, like, you know... um, when they pulled the tube out of Will, like they're doing the thing with his daughter and, mm-hmm. and the CPR versus him giving Will. I was like, I was like, God damn, he's cracking every one of Will's ribs. <laughs> right. Just Will, pounded away. Will's ribs are just going to be a loose assembly of gravel <laughs> by the time Hopper's done with it because he's not going to lose this goddamn patient. But it was really effective. And it was. I felt like. You know, when I saw the runtime, because I was like, well, maybe this is like a 90 minute episode. But when they're hitting, it's like, oh, this is going to be too little, too late character development. But I I thought it it, it, it really flowed nicely. And I, it, yeah. it added a whole other depth and vulnerability to Hopper that didn't really exist before. No, they, it came out of nowhere, sort of. Um, 
you know, there were light hints at something with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that he had lost a daughter, but that was about it. And and light hints that it bothered him still. But like, you're right. It could have been this crazy race car development that we didn't expect and didn't care about. But or it could somehow have been, they nailed it. Here's the thing: like The Walking Dead does this. Hopper they 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 play Barry McCreary plays some some light piano, sad minor chord music, uh-huh. and Hopper stares off into the middle distance as the camera slowly pulls in his face, and he tells us uh-huh. for two minutes how he lost his daughter. This where, like, every single step of the adventure was another wound that ripped open in his psyche. Yeah. I mean, it's it's showing versus telling, right? Yep. One is hack, one is art. Yeah, and Hopper never opened his mouth and said, I miss my daughter. Like, no. I feel powerless right now. But, like, none of that. But all of the fla- – and the flashbacks also didn't stay too long. It was – they never derailed the thing. It was like a yeah. five or ten seconds of, like, oh, this is Hopper in her better days, and oh, shit, something's going horribly wrong. And bam, you're right back in the upside down. Yeah. And that just – that's a hell of a job constructing and editing and, and making us feel something in less than, like, 50 minutes. 50 minutes yeah. of story time. Um, I was really impressed that they managed to get away with that. Yeah, me too. Do you think the Demogorgon is a singular entity? And how in the fuck does bear trapping it, shooting it a hundred times, lighting mm-hmm. it on fire? I mean, it was clearly getting fucked up. Yeah. Like, like it was it was severely burnt in the final scenes, but it lost none of its potency or effectiveness. Yeah, um, it makes me... And essentially dissolved it from the inside out with her power. Yeah, I felt like the only way to kill it. That's scary, <laughs> right? Uh, it's I like mean, it's you like, want the monster to be scary. Uh, it makes me think like is is you know Alien was a movie about a singular alien eviscerating an entire crew on a starship. Mm-hmm. Aliens just did that. Only now it's like, what if there's a hundred of them, uh-huh. uh, or maybe hundreds of them, uh, and throw a, a marine platoon at them? What do you think? Oh, if there are hundreds of Demogorgons in season two? Yeah, what do you think? I mean, there's, there's clearly Oof. they they did some kind of X-Files shit with Will where they had that, that esophageal tube stuck down his throat, and now he's barfing up slugs. Do you think this is the first time it's happened to him? Do you think he's barfed several slugs into the water system of He Hawkins? recovers awfully quickly from it. He, he's just like... He's able to walk back to the table and pretend to be okay to his family's satisfaction. So did, did that? Yeah, probably. This is not the first time that's happened to him. Did that instant flash into the upside down? Did that really happen? Does that to suggest that he's getting like L-like powers? Is that just his trauma mm. from puking up the weird slug? I don't know. I don't know. I think these are all questions that will probably be addressed in season two. Uh, and that's the interesting thing, I, I guess. If you're, if you want to say Hopper is maybe working on the inside of this operation, the Department of Energy's operation now, mm-hmm. um, he might have access. Like, let's say there are a hundred Demogorgons or whatever. Yeah, he might actually have access to some part of MK Ultra that he can harness to fight them, to defeat mm-hmm. them. Like, if there were a whole bunch of L's, right? Oh, right. He could do the same thing that L did to all the Demogorgons. Sure. But I don't know if that exists. Hopper might though. Uh, what did you think about the de- the relationship development between Mike and L? I thought the themes of friends don't lie with him trying to dissemble about his true feelings about her and her kind of like you know open delight at the idea that she'd be taken to a dance and him kissing her. Yeah, uh, I thought that was 
<laughs> the whole like he's analogy is like oh you can come live with us and everybody like you know mom will be your mom and dad will be your dad and my sister will be your sister and you'll be like my brother uh no yeah i thought that was all sweet and then the fact uh-huh. that it gets kind of ripped away from him uh you know a lot of little boy feels here yeah no i i think the the end of the episode or the climax i guess where l disappears mm-hmm. is very effective very affecting i would say yeah um certainly on me like i I felt for Mike in that situation, and it's you know? like like they sell the last scenes and, the, and it's all in Christmas, which I'm a sucker for Christmas, and <laughs> you know everything's like the families are back together and the kids are playing D and D and everyone's yeah. safe and happy and warm, but it's very hard to feel really good about it because L, central character that we all grew to care about, um, is dead or missing, yeah, or locked away in the upside down, or she's ascended to the spectral plane. I fuck, I don't know. And I'm glad that they let us know Mike isn't totally over that because yes. during the D and D game he very much seemed like it, right? Um, but he's still thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it makes me wonder, like, should we be looking for L to come back in season two? My guess is yes, but yeah. I really don't know. I want to know what kind of Candyland campaigns Mike or Mike is running. That like a fucking level one wizard spell can destroy the boss of every encounter. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's only a ten hour campaign i guess if 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 fucking will had just thrown the fireball in the get-go none of this would yeah. have ever happened the demogorgon would have died like the hydralisk is, is, is all everything everything has the biggest bad in and mike's campaign has about 16 hit points yep and zero armor class yeah i i mean i praised <laughs> mike for being the world's greatest dm at the beginning of this show yeah now i'm not so sure if mike's ev- running 10 hour campaigns with level one I, bosses I, I think he just he's got one crutch which is his epic death scenes that he plays for yeah. these boss characters and he does right. that and the kids and the kids surprise of the final monster right well it makes although dustin calls it every time you know i, I noticed that like with my son is when he hits on something that is like funny or cool or exciting like he runs it into the fucking ground because it's like he discovered uranium and he wants to see how many different ways he can split that up and and so i mean it is kind of realistic but it's like guys like yeah it's like i i don't know i don't know 10 hours too short uh (laughs) it's the same damn thing i hope that's not uh foreshadowing of season two and how it's gonna play out i don't know with the... I'm kind of cu- interested to see what they do because these kids presumably are going to be a year older, mm-hmm. and like, are they still going to be hanging around and playing D and D? Or is going to be like what thirteen? They're going to be thirteen, point, and I'd like, I'd like to see because that's a war the age where like the friends group stops becoming the kids you hung out at at neighborhoods or your homeroom, and they start to like form. Like my son was like I was I dropped him off at because uh, he had a dentist appointment bidet and uh, bidet. It's a dentist appointment in the bidet. It's a dentist appointment, and uh, um, once a week he attends the STEM classes at the high school. Hmm. So I dropped him off, and he's like, man, high school is really different from elementary school. And I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, there's, like, gangs. Like, you got you to gotta decide what, what, <laughs> gang, what, yeah. what gang you want to roll with. And mm-hmm. I'm like, god damn. Yeah, it's interesting that you're perceiving all this. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wonder if they'll, they'll deal with any of that, like, maybe uh, – Who's the who's the guy who's going to big time the others? Like I think yeah. it's going to be Lucas or Mike. Just, Lucas or Mike is going to decide that they're too cool to be with the other guy. The other guys like Dustin's dragging him down, or fucking Will's too weird, and I he's I'm, I I want to be cool now, and I can't be seen with you guys. Yeah, you think I think it'll be weird. With that? I think it'll be Will being weird. 
because he's got the stigma, right? The weird kid who was taken and yeah, and he's throwing up he's, slugs. Yeah, he's acting weird. Like he was gone for like a whole fucking. Well, he wasn't gone for very long. Where this, was he? There are going to be rumors around the school of where he went. Yeah, how long was he actually gone? Like, did like this, a few days. I yeah, think. Yeah, because like he not, almost enough to the th- to thirst to death. Yeah, to die. What, what do you call that when you die? Of, Dehydrate. De- die of dehydration. Yeah, yeah. He die of thirst. Almost, almost Dead enough to hydrate. die of thirst, but not quite. To die of exposure and thirst, but uh, yeah, I mean that's like in and there's like clip arts of like oh the kid that was dead and he's back to life like it's mm-hmm. that's gonna be I don't know maybe this also is he's got Jonathan for a brother so right right do you think that the other thing is I guess that I guess I would like to see them explore that because I think that's yeah. really cool and uh, it's it's a very young adult thing to explore but maybe this season's not the right one I've heard that it's gonna this is essentially a four season arc yeah. Um, so that's what I've heard too. I mean, it also wouldn't hurt my feelings if they all just stayed bros for life. You know, that would be kind of sweet <laughs> uh-huh. too. But I, I would like to see a little bit of attention within the group. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could. I can get down with that. I, um, I probably should have saved some of this for the podcast. Well, but. it was interesting because the stuff that was tense in, among the the kids in this season is L, right? Like the. She's the core of their. She's the wedge, I guess, into the the group here. Um, she's gone. She's out of the picture. So what? What would bring about that that tension? I guess. I don't know. Like I said, social change because it it happens. Yeah. Like as um, what grade were they in? Do you remember? <sighs> were they about sixth? to go into high school, or were they about to? Maybe they're in middle school. Got another year of middle school. Maybe I think. I think they were twelve years old, which would mean they were in sixth grade. Hmm. Okay, so then they're about to go into middle school. Well, but I mean, just because like my son, like they go middle school is sixth through eighth. Yeah, like when I was a kid, no, seventh it was seventh eighth and eighth. Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, I, I, I that, and that's about when all that starts. Um, huh. Okay, I also thought it was cool that like Lucas's wrist rocket kind of paid off, sort of, but not in the way I expected. I wanted him to shoot the monster killer. The rock. Yeah. And I never saw him shoot that rock. Oh, see, I think we're supposed to understand that the one that he slow-moed, that was the monster killer, but this realization that that wouldn't have worked with that L's power. Right, which was awesome. I it thought was, it like, was his awesome, surprise yeah. when he hits the monster and it actually does something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, like, great. I was ready to believe that with its mouth open, there's some kind of weak point <laughs> where it's soft yeah. skull that he can just... You know, right. do a David versus Goliath, but then when L came through with a head of steam, that was badass. Like L exploding their brains and blood, like that was yeah. so disturbing and disgusting, but cool. Mm-hmm. And her just going Super Saiyan at the end. Uh, I don't know why she had to fling Mike like a ragdoll. Uh, he was she annoying threw, her. <laughs> threw Mike, Mike, <laughs> and threw Mike like Lucas. You know, she Lucas yeah. him. I don't, I don't understand why she had to do that, but that was. That that was really fucking cool. No, it's awesome that you know there. This is very much like a Goonies or an ET or any of those other movies from the eighties that we've talked about, where the kids are the center of it and they're like the adventurers. But mm-hmm. it has this adult twist to it, where in ET or the Goonies, you would never see the kids murder people, right? Right. Whereas L comes in and all of a sudden people's heads are melting. Yeah. That that to me is like the big difference that makes this appropriate for me as a 35-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to just like another Goonies remake. Right. Because 
that that would be fun and nostalgic, but it wouldn't have it, that weight right. to it that this does. You're right. You would engage with it as as a form of nostalgia. Yeah. Not as like, oh, I'm an adult and I'm actually enjoying this adult take on the same material. Yeah, it's very much more real. Like, things get messy, people die, it's the real world. Like, yeah. your problems aren't solved by some miraculous solution that the kids can get away without harming anybody. Uh, I love the scene of the kids in the hospital and Lucas and Dustin are like asleep on top of each other, just racked out. Yeah. Uh, I like the like the Lord of the Rings style, like everybody swamping Frodo on his bed and mm-hmm. Riverdale, River, River, Riverdale, Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, I like, and you know, everybody's like excitingly. And from Will's perspective, he's been in this like he's had this terrifying experience, and mm-hmm. the guys seem like they were living it up as kings. Yeah, that is super powered girl. There's melting brains, and like, how much of that stuff do you fucking believe? And how much? I mean, it's weird. I, I was thinking like, as a twelve year old, how do you go back to D and D when you've lived this experience? I don't know. I mean, maybe it just makes your imagination more vivid it's like, like are can... there combat veterans that come back and play paintball huh i mean I maybe know. maybe there Probably are Probably they exist maybe but... there are but it's weird to role play something that you live through even more like horrifying and and, and vivid yeah uh but on the other hand kids are resilient you know yeah, I'm going to start feeling bad for Will if season two comes around and he's the kid who's missing out on the adventure again. <laughs> like, he had his own adventure, but it was far that's, more terrifying. That's the thing, because I remember I I, I, I joke, uh, last year's Baldies, we were tr- debating giving the award to, like, all the kids, and I joked, yeah. like, no, 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 Will doesn't get one. <laughs> Will doesn't right. get five minutes in the, in, in the finale. And, and yeah. the truth is, he actually had a lot more involvement than I thought. Mm-hmm. But still, he definitely got the the short end of the camera stick, uh, yeah. and I, I I hope that they don't sideline him for the whole other. Actually, I hope they don't sideline any of these kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're all great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about ten weeks out from House of the Dragon season two, and it's time to prepare for war. Which, in our case, means. Well, watching a lot of Hot D and reading a lot of Fire and Blood. Each week between now and June 16th, Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D Season 1. And then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George R. R. Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's right, I've resorted to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into Season 2. Arm yourselves with all the lore you can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then. Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Speaking of the short end of the camera stick, what is it? Okay, so this kid goes through this traumatic experience. He goes to the Upside Down. He comes back. He survives a Demogorgon, and suddenly he gets to open everybody's fucking Christmas presents. Mm. I mean, I why think is so. Jonathan letting Will open his Christmas present? Who? This could be anything. <laughs> this could be her confession of love to him, and he's going to let his little brother open it. Yeah, I I thought that was a little like, man, your imagination is lacking, Jonathan. Yeah. It's like nothing about your. Yeah, I, I thought so too. And I was also making because me and Cecily watched this together. Um, we've watched all the others in the office, but she. This the, we, our schedule's crazy enough. We were watching it together, and I made a joke. It's like, oh, I get it. It's the box that he puts his dick in. 
That was before I found out that she was with Steve and all that. But she's like, right, you know, right. like he just won't take a hint. Uh-huh. Like she's been trying to get with him, and it's Christmas time. And she's finally like, <laughs> here, step one, cut the hole in the box. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it turns out it says camera, and uh, we'll get Atari. Yeah, I. The days before you Nintendo, should not that ask was the for Cadillac. the new Atari though. Don't ask for the new Atari. Ask for the old Atari because the new Atari sucks. I don't know, man. I like the seventy two hundred. Yeah, I I lusted after the. Was it the seventy two or was that the fifty? There's the fifty six and then the seventy two. The fifty six was a piece of shit. I well, the I mean, controllers they're... were terrible. They broke all the time. Okay, that might be true, but <laughs> I, I I went through a lot of Atari twenty six hundred controllers too. Yeah. Um, and then it's like what in eighty five, eighty six, the Nintendo came out. Yeah, like it's in, um, insane how short the the domination of Atari was. Yeah, it's like seventy eight to. 84 right right and done done yeah the only the only place they still live is in the blade runner movies mm-hmm. um i really like the 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 final scene of the kind of like you know they 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 uh they've already they they, they had the kind of uh heartwarming stuff and then they dipped into hopper leaving the box with egos and then they showed the you know briar's christmas and will throwing up slugs and his terrifying encounter with the upside down in the bathroom but the last the last scene we see is this essentially Norman Rockwell painting of you know Middle America and Christmas time as they come out the hall the window and you see them eating their terrible right. Christmas dinner. Yeah. Joyce might be many potatoes, things, but Christ. yeah, that's like like liquefied mashed potatoes. Yeah, who boy? I can tolerate lumps. Sometimes I even like lumps. Yeah, I like I. Uh, but they got to be thick. Air on the side of of too firm. Yeah. Than than too runny, and also like, did you run out of flakes? Put the fucking flake. Just don't. You can fix this problem. <laughs> you can. Yeah. Like it's a ratio. If you fuck it up, you just put in more flakes. You know, like yeah. come on, Joyce. You just didn't care. You just didn't care. <laughs> uh, Donald over at the five and dime has been giving you shit ever since he advanced you two paychecks, and it's been tough over there. But still, add yeah. a couple more. It takes you 30 seconds to add some more flakes. Come Those on. Flakes are coming out of your check, Joyce. <laughs> D- double cost for you. Maybe she did. She's like, she, she's made five a five-gallon bucket full of potatoes, and she just vacillated between too much milk, too much flakes, and she finally <laughs> ran out of flakes. Like, well, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Boil the mashed potatoes until you I guess, yeah. render it down? Sure. Yeah, solvable. You just didn't care, Joyce. Yep. Didn't care. You didn't care to give your recently D Demogorgon child a good Christmas dinner. Yeah, this I, is why look, Mom, this I is sur- why he's got a leech inside of him. <laughs> I survived the fucking Demogorgon. I come back to these potatoes. That's Mom. right. You you give him some decent potatoes to stick to his ribs. I had that better... <laughs> leech that leech will have nothing to cling to in there. <laughs> the hospital had better mashed potatoes, Mom. <laughs> the fucking hospital. Uh, Send me back there for Christmas. God, what was the main course like? What was her fucking stove like? If well, the she... dog ate half of it. That's true. That's true. And also that dog, like, totally that dog would not have stopped at the slices. No, he would have no. gone for the whole fucking thing, that and he would have gotten into. That was a trained acting dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think that's about all we've got to talk about. I, I did want to say that Steve, when he shows up at Nancy's house, so th- this plan oh, is excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? This is the other thing that bugs me. Okay, this, yeah. This whole plan is excellent, I think. Um, Steve shows up at the exact moment to save his future relationship with Nancy. Sure. Right before Jonathan and Nancy kiss, because I think it's all over for him yeah. if that happens. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he, do- he pulls Marty, the Joyce. It's Marty McFly and Back to the Future. Oh yeah. There yeah, absolutely. And, you know, all sudden... He saw his picture disappearing, and he yeah. was like, "Oh shit, I gotta yeah. get in there." <laughs> uh, 
it, so he he comes in and I I'm thinking like okay he's gonna pull a Joyce here or I, I was thinking okay he's running away but then he pulls a Joyce and he uh-huh. goes back into the house and I thought that was a pretty good move by Steve. Pretty good move by Steve. It bothered me a little bit that he was able to essentially steal the hero spotlight from yeah. Jonathan because, yeah. like, Jonathan, had or been... even from Nancy, like, yeah, she she was also out there with the bat, the gun, like, right, yeah. It, he ends up and he in was the kind of badass. Of he out badassed yeah. them both, which I didn't like. I think he it was fine for him to be brave, but it should have been like on the margins of bravery, not like him going in there like Joaquin Phoenix in the end of signs and just fucking swaying yeah. away, Merrill. Like I, I didn't like I didn't like how competent <laughs> he was when he decided like he's he's gonna be competent. It was a little much for me, but Yeah, it stole stole the show from Jonathan a little bit. Now Jonathan's still he just he's just the creep at the camera. Yeah. That's Part- why he won Nancy, I guess. He didn't though. Oh, Steve did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a shocker. I mm-hmm. don't. I when I saw her curl up was because she gave him that that present and that kiss. I'm like, okay, well, this is a. They're telling us, and also she gave him a look. Yeah, and like she was kind of dressing more like she she's she wasn't dressed. She was kind of dressing the way I think Nancy likes to dress. Um, and I felt like okay, this is the story of she's now she's not trying to go too fast. She's not trying to be something she's not. Right. This is her accepting who she is, and then she goes curls up with Steve. Maybe yeah. he's met her halfway. Like I, I don't know, but like I, it, it little, uh, it, it's uh, and then maybe you know maybe we're gonna have a love triangle. In, yeah, uh, we could. season two. We might. Um, I, I do think their plan was good though, and trapping the demogorgon in the bear trap and then lighting it on fire. Oh, when was you see it, how they all did it like that. Yeah, that um, kind of like getting ready montage yeah. was really cool making the bat with nails yeah in it, fuck yeah the and like it, like they they relate and you could clearly see okay this is what they're trying to do and this is how they're going to do it and i like it I but like i i don't know i still think the fire extinguisher is a mistake i would burn that house to the fucking I, foundation before totally, i put it out that fire totally dude i've got that i've got that in my <laughs> in my notes like why let the this is not a great house no your mom's already put a giant hole that your your crazy dad just put a piece of plywood over burn her down <laughs> yes. burn it the fuck down for sure claim the insurance and move on with your lives yeah so because the demigorgon i guess can just does he have to smash through walls every time, or can he just manifest and demanifest? Because I don't know. It was super scary when the lights went out and it just kind of came up from the floor. Yeah. But like, how the fuck did it get out of the bear trap? We just don't know the rules. Yeah, that's of the Demogorgon. A bit. You know, we talk about this on Game of Thrones a lot. Like, the later you go in a story with the barest sketch of how the universe works, the more the authors of said universe are empowered to pull solutions out of their ass. Yeah. I mean, do you think that L's solution to the Demogorgon worked? Do you think that by disintegrating it entirely, she has actually defeated it? Yeah, I, I, I think the I think the show is trying to tell us that, but right, I don't know if I would be surprised if they brought it back next season. No, I, I wouldn't either. Or that there's something like maybe they've merged because it the effect they use is very reminiscent of like um, John Coffey from the Green Mile. Like whenever he would uh, you know take on evil inside himself, it would always come out like this cloud of black ash or gnats. Hmm. And like when she she dissolved it in the light, but then it dissolved her in the darkness. 
And yeah. I'm wondering if there's going to be... Oh, and also, remember whenever she'd manifest her powers at the most strongest point, her skin would get all yeah. mottled and weird? Like, I wonder if they're suggesting that she has integrated... Like, that there's been some kind of synthesis of L and the Demogorgon, which is yeah, exciting I wonder and terrifying. If she's using some power that derive, is derived from the Upside Down, and that the like purpling of her skin and stuff that we see is yeah. her being pulled into that dimension. Just when like she when you see power. our dimension from the, from the uh, upside down's perspective, it looks like it's being corrupted and it's being right. eaten away. And like, yeah, I do. So maybe I, she disappears into the upside down and next season they could find out like Mike could get some indication that she's still alive, but she's in the upside down and trapped very much like Will was. Mm hmm. Maybe they go after her? I don't know. And now her face opens up like a yeah. vampire from Blade, and she's like, kiss, kiss me. Kiss me. Kiss me, Will. <laughs> He's like, ah, I'm not ready for that. Let's yep. just go to the snowball and see how it goes. <laughs> Your freaky-deaky clawed feet and hands. Like, yeah, I don't you're know. more of a sister to me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh, uh, a great, great first season. Um if you've listened to this from the beginning, uh, you probably already know that next week, uh, or this this coming Friday, is going to be our preview podcast for Season 3. It's going to be a simultaneous wrap-up and preview, so we're going to talk about everyone's thoughts and feelings and our own overall for Season 2, uh, or Season 1, things that we're looking forward to for Season 2. And then the next Friday, uh, Stranger Things drops, all hell breaks loose at Bald Move, mm -hmm. and we try we are going to marathon a series over that weekend and aim to have a podcast for every episode out uh, before the weekend's up. And then the following week, we'll have a wrap-up for season two. Yep. Lots of lots of different ways you can slice that. That's the way we've chosen to. And I uh, hope you enjoy it. I'm excited. Me too. I, it's it's going to be it's gonna be some good watching. This is one of the most anticipated events, TV events of this year for me. Yeah. I, man, I, I want to kind of jump into the preview podcast because the debut of Mr. Robot uh, season three has got all the, like I remember how disappointed it was in season two. And I'm like, there's a lot of, a lot of reasons to be nervous because you know, the, the Duffer brothers had their entire lives essentially to come up with this. Right. Yeah. And now they're turning around in a year's time and they're going to hit us with the sequel. And is it going to have the same magic? Is it yeah, going to be that true detective problem, right? True detective had the same kind of sophomore stumble. Lots of shows, lots of shows do, or mm -hmm. it could be like breaking bad where the second stage ignition takes off and, mm -hmm. and it, it gets even in uh, higher heights. So who knows, but they got a great, Half the battles won. They got a great cast. A fantastic cast, K yeah. Fantastic cast for kids, and they all have the chops to do it. So, like, that's half the battle. If you can just give them the right words and put them in their mouth, then, you know, it, it's then the, 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 they should be successful. But we'll see. That's some stuff we'll talk about in the preview podcast. Yep. Thanks for listening to our Season 1 coverage of Stranger Things. If you like what you hear and want more, check out our, all of our television, movie, and pop culture content on baldmove.com. If you'd like to help support our podcast and get a ton of bonus content and features, check out club.baldmove.com. We'll also be taking feedback during our upcoming Season 1 wrap-up podcast, so send that in to strangerthings.baldmove.com. You can also discuss this with your fellow fans at forums.baldmove.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. <laughs>